Welcome to the inaugural recording of Damn It, Jim, the podcast. This is Dana Smith, and I'm joined with Dan Calzaretta. Hey, Dana. Dan? Can you believe it? We're, uh, we're going to do this thing. We've been lifelong Star Trek fans. I think some of our first conversations we ever had when we first met were about uh, Star Trek. Well, probably after beer, then we started talking <laughs> about Star Trek, I would imagine. Beer and the, and the girls we couldn't get, yeah. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Because we liked Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> might have had something to do with it. It might have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. First, I thought we should let people know how we got interested in Star Trek. I know yeah, that you, so, at one time you wanted to be an astronaut. So I, I did. That didn't quite work out. As a kid, uh, we this was, probably would have been about 1971, 1970 or 71, when we got our first color television. And I can remember watching Star Trek and just being amazed by the colors, the reds and the greens and the blues. I mean, I specifically remember kind of laying down on the uh, shag carpeting that we had, with <laughs> pink colors, I recall. It was the kind of shag carpeting you actually had to rake it. Anyway, uh, it has nothing to do with Star Trek, other than I was laying on that carpet and watching the show and just thinking, it looked so amazing. How about you? Um, my older brothers were big Star Trek fans growing up. And so uh, I was uh, wanted to spend time with them. And so I watched Star Trek. And that's I was like five, I think, when the show started. And so I know I saw it in reruns. My uh, brother bought uh, several books on the series. His girlfriend could sew. She could make us Star Trek shirts or jerseys, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, uh, we were all in on it. You know, It was just a lot of fun. All right, let's jump in. Interesting note, The Man Trap was not the first episode filmed. Right. I believe it was like the sixth or seventh. So, yep, number six, uh, I believe. Yep. But it's it's interesting, that we, and we've talked about this before, is uh, how did the producers decide that this was going to be the first episode to air? In my opinion, I think it showed several things about the characters. That's yeah, so opinion. let's maybe give just a little background on this one. So it's called The Man Trap. The Enterprise uh, goes into orbit around this planet M113, and they're going there to uh, meet with uh, two of the people who live on the planet there, and they're supposed to do a medical checkup. The hook to get the show movi- moving is that McCoy had a romantic ish- interest with uh, one of the people on the planet, a woman nam- named Nancy, who is now married to the guy on the planet, uh, Dr. Crater. I don't remember what his first name was. Did they ever say what his first I name I think was? it's Robert. Robert, okay. Yeah. Some mayhem ensues. Uh, some people die. They get sucked by a salt creature. <laughs> Almost salt gets sucked <laughs> out of their bodies. And um, kind of cool, though, that in this first episode, we're already introduced to several pieces of technology in the show, right? We can see the uh, the starship circling the planet. We're introduced to the uh, transporter. Um, we see the bridge and we meet, like, as you said, some of these uh, major characters that we're going to see yeah. for decades, really, uh, not only the original series, but into the movies. You also see the, uh, the sick bay and the turbo lifts and uh, botany lab. And what's also funny is that sickbay is called the dispensary. Uh, You know, maybe, again, I think Star Trek predicted a lot of things. It may have predicted uh, the legalization of marijuana in many states, as those are called dispensaries. Once again, ahead of its time. And maybe that's what Sulu (laughs) was growing in the botany uh, area. I'm not (laughs) sure. That's why he was spending so much time there. I think that's exactly (laughs) right. (laughs) So Kirk and uh, Dr. McCoy and crewman Darnell all beam down to the planet and Nancy comes in and right away we know something's odd because Bones sees her as being young 
Kurt sees her as being uh, a woman uh, maybe in her 40s. And then uh, crewman Darnell <laughs> sees her as a uh, woman from the pleasure planet that he once visited. So. Wrigley's. Wrigley's pleasure Wrigley's planet. Wrigley's pleasure planet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. Interesting that it's uh, actually spelled by like Wrigley's chewing gum. Double the what is it? Double, double the pleasure. Yeah, double yeah. the what, what was the thing? Double the, the fun thing? or something. Double like the fun. <laughs> yeah. So right away, you know, we we realize as viewers that something's askew, and uh, Bones is overexcited. I should say. At well, and so the, is uh, Zaslow. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, Darnell. Yeah. Darnell. Darnell, yeah. who's played by a guy by the name of Michael Zaslow. Interestingly enough, he shows up in season two in I'm Mud. This guy also uh, was in a lot of other television shows, mainly soap operas. In fact, he won oh. a daytime Emmy for, yeah, for in 1994. But he was also in some episodes of Law and Order, uh, Spencer for Hire. Well, uh, the person that played uh, Dr. Robert Crater was uh, Alfred Ryder. He was uh, been in TV shows since the 50s. Episodes of Wild Wild West. I think he was in uh, Hawaii Five O. He was in the movie True Grit. You know, it's actually it kind of reminds me of Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Maybe, maybe we should do something like a Seven Degrees of Michael Zaslow or Seven Degrees of Star Trek that every human on oh, the planet man. can be connected to some Star Trek character within Seven Degrees. Maybe you and I are both on the Facebook Star Trek fan page. People have pointed out. Actors who've gone on, done other things on there. And I've been surprised by some of the people I've recognized and didn't even realize that they were in Star Trek. Well, Pretty and cool. I think if, if you really wanted to go down a rabbit hole and you had enough beer maybe to in several hours, I'm sure tracking these people, you could probably go for hours and hours and hours and find these people all over. But getting back to uh, the man trap, creators have been on this planet for five years. I don't know if this is the first time they've gotten a physical exam, which McCoy never gets to complete. Uh, Much to his chagrin, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) On his old girlfriend. uh, Darnell had wandered off or, oh yeah, he'd been enticed by the uh, woman from the Wrigley's Pleasure Planet. And that's the last we see. And then we hear a woman scream and they run out and find uh, crewman Darnell is dead. And that's the first time we hear the, uh, the phrase from McCoy, he's dead, Jim. First one. So he is the first to die on uh, Star Trek. And he's, he's not even wearing a red shirt, which exactly. which, which uh, was <laughs> interesting to me. We'll have to keep track of that. Like, when is the first red shirt to die? You know what I think we should do, Dana? I think we need to keep a show tally and then a running tally of all of the crew members on the Enterprise to die. And so at the end of every episode, maybe we'll do like an update of this is how many died in this episode. Here's how many we've got so far. It'll be interesting to see after the whole, what is it, 79 uh, episodes, how many crewmen have died. Was it like 350 or 400 people on the ship? And uh, I'm thinking by the end of season three, there could be maybe 10 left. I think so. All right. So the first one to get killed, that was uh, Darnell. That was Darnell. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's one trivia thing for the day. If you get on some radio show and they ask you what who was the first crewman to die in Star Trek, it was uh, Darnell. Yeah. He does have this uh, funny modeling 
uh, on his face, little rings on his face, like a bad case of ringworm or something. Yeah, or some uh, really nasty acne. Uh, then, you know, kind of action shifts to the ships. Spock is in command. He's sitting in the captain's chair and Uhura is talking to him and she's kind of trying to strike up just some kind of conversation with him. But I noticed that she, uh, well, because the captain's chair is raised up a little bit and I noticed that she puts her hand on his arm and gets pretty friendly. Do you think uh, under Starfleet regulations that officers can touch each other? Because she's a lieutenant, <laughs> she's an officer, yeah, and obviously he's, an he's a, he's a of what commander i don't know what where he is in the in the original show the commander is commander spock i believe so yeah. yeah so i mean is that okay or depends on how much touching she did i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's right but at the t- same time she's kind of teasing them as well she was yeah i mean not uh sexually but just kind of uh trying to joke around with them i think a little bit yeah because yeah. she knows that probably doesn't have a funny bone she says to him something like something about tell me about a moonlit night on the planet vulcan yeah and he says uh Vulcan has no moons. <laughs> and she said, well, that explains a lot or something. Yeah, the yeah exactly. So, so suggesting that he's not a romantic type. It kind of made me wonder, is that where they got the idea in the uh, Star Trek reboot movie with Chris Pine, the relationship between Spock and Uhura? Yeah, I, it'd be, uh, well, we should we should get... J.J. Um, uh, Abrams? Yeah, J- yeah get him on. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get on for next week and ask him, you know, if that was... Um, his intent. If any, if you're listening, JJ, <laughs> just send us an email, and and we'll uh, we'll call you on our dime. You don't even have to pay for it. So they they bring Darnell on board the ship. They can't figure out why he died. Kirk makes the comment, "What about the modeling on his face?" And he says, "You know, I, I can't explain that." Pimples. So, I think uh, he says pimples. Well, that was an outtake. <laughs> I think they removed it. <laughs> McCoy starts saying something about, you know, well, you know, when I was on the planet, you know, I'm sorry, I was kind of wrapped up in the whole thing with Nancy and, and Kirk goes off on him mm-hmm. and says, you know, your, your lost love does not concern me. I have a dead crewman. <laughs> right. And then we go back to the bridge and we have that strange interaction with Uhura and Kirk. Uhura says to Kirk that Captain Domingo, you know, <laughs> wants to like, He's he wants to know what the delay is because he he needs his supplies. Yeah, and, they're on their way to him next. Yeah. yeah, they're on their way to him next, and apparently the Enterprise has some supplies to give to this guy. Kirk says, "Tell Jose he'll get his chili peppers when we get there. Prime Mexican Reds. I picked them myself." Ooh, the '60s maybe were. I mean, even though the show pushed the boundaries, I think of racial relations. Uh, yeah. In many many ways, that line it it gave made my skin crawl a little bit. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit unprepared for that, and I'm yeah. sure at the time being inclusive. You're right. Yeah, I think that's um, it. That's you know the only thing I can guess. It, it was really weird. Not sure about that one. I think the show made a great effort throughout the series to talk about race relations because uh, right. there was a lot of stuff going on at the time in the late '60s. I think it'll be interesting for us to see if we come across any other things that uh, stand out like that. Maybe we should uh, kind of jump out of the narrative of the show just a tiny bit and um, talk about uh, the yeoman. Janice Rand is the captain's yeoman. This is the fir- obviously the first uh, episode she's in from the very beginning. So it makes me wonder if she was intended to have a, maybe a, a bigger role in the show and maybe a longer lasting role in the show as well. It's kind of a fascinating thing. She was brought back in the original movie. I think it was an interesting character. I think, uh, you know, the show developed and they decided what was 
important for the show going forward and what wasn't as much as they were trying to you know bring women and uh, diversity into the spotlight a little bit in the meantime they go back to the planet and they got another crewman with them they got two more crewmen with two them. exactly green, right. they have two sturgeon yeah, and green uh, sturgeon yeah and sturgeon uh is the second crewman to die in this episode so the episode count is two the tally is two uh, and he's also wearing a blue shirt. He is also wearing. There's no one in a red shirt. It, it, maybe some people running in the hall during the red alert. I don't remember, but uh, yeah. none of the uh, none of the landing party have red shirts on. Only later are the red shirts going to start dying, and uh, that'll be that'll be exciting. Actually, when we get to see the. <laughs> so so here's the trivia: the first person to die on Star Trek is uh crewman darnell i don't know who the first red shirt to die is we're gonna we'll we'll definitely mention that when when it comes up so they uh go and find sturgeon he's got the same modeling on his face and uh mccoy starts kind of freaking out while uh mccoy is shouting for nancy uh kirk says to him you need to be a little bit more like spock and stop thinking with your glands <laughs> <laughs> to McCoy. They go back to the ship and then we follow Kirk into the turbo lift. And it's actually, it, it almost looks like a handheld camera movement. Right. Yeah. I found that super interesting as well. I, you know, for a show filmed in uh, what, 1966, handheld camera following him down the hall and into the turbo lift. That was cool. Not to forget that uh, the show was produced by the Desilu Corporation which was Lucille Ball, her and Desi Arnaz came up with the two-camera system, which is used in sitcoms and TV shows today. So then they get back on the ship, yep. and uh, this is really when we first run into Yeoman Rand. She comes out of the turbo lift, and she has like a tray of food, various colored cubes of things. And some and... stuff that looks like uh, celery with uh, like red leaves on it. And so she's walking down the hall, and there's some, th I think, three crewmen there, and they're just staring at her as she walks by and then obviously looking her up and down and one of the guys says yeah how would you like to have that as your own personal yeoman i mean to say first off the word that to totally yeah. objectify her one of those moments in the show where i was like oh you know kind of cringy so she's going down the hall and then she ends up going to look for sulu she's bringing him a dish of food why he can't go to get his own food i, I don't know but <laughs> green sees her and yeah that's right she sprinkles a little bit of salt on the uh romulan celery or whatever it was <laughs> exactly <Romulan> celery, right? <laughs> and uh being the uh salt sucker that uh green is he starts kind of like licking his lips and that's what gets him to follow her so she goes into uh find sulu and apparently he's into botany which is interesting she goes into that section and calls for him, and, and he's out in one of the other rooms. He says, feeding the something. I listened to that a couple times. I couldn't quite <laughs> get what he was saying. Then Green shows up and is acting all weird, right? Yeah, and there's this uh, plant that's in the room that uh, is obviously a uh, studio technician's hand in the plant inside a, uh, a flower-like glove. It just looks and, like a total, it totally looks like a glove. You know, I yeah. don't think that guy got credit, or woman, yeah. I don't know who it was, but they didn't get credit in the credits for I, uh, playing the plant. I saw that in, uh, what is that, Memory Alpha? Yeah, Memory, Memory Alpha, Alpha the, the website. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, yes. listeners, with Memory Alpha, uh, it is a wonderful source of all things Star Trek, not just the original series. It's uh, it's very inclusive, uh, really covers a lot. Uh, anyway, she calls Plant Beauregard, 
And then Sulu says, no, that's Gertrude. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have a little bit of discussion about that. And the hand seems to, or the, sorry, the plant (laughs) seems to warm to uh, being talked to and being uh, petted. And so, uh, and then green comes in. And the plant kind of pulls in on itself. But the hand. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> that was just horrible. Green, who we had just fled the room. I would flee the room, too, if some, you know, plant-looking, talking <laughs> hand was, you know, screeching at me. Anyway, he runs out and, and does another shape-shifting thing and because becomes an African-American man who's one of the crewmen of the ship and sees Uhura come out of the turbo lift. She's looking at him and... He's looking at her and, and he says something like, Oh, every time I'm lonely or something, I'm going right. to, I think of you or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then he speaks in a foreign language to her and she says, Oh, that's Swahili and responds to him. I actually found on Memory Alpha, someone translated what he said. And he says to her, How are you, friend? I think of you, beautiful lady. You should never know loneliness. Wow. Yeah, it's very sweet. Unless yeah. you're about to get the salt sucked out of you and <laughs> and die, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and and then she gets called to the bridge. Duty calls. Duty calls, and Kirk's like, "Uhura, report to the bridge." Lieutenant Uhura, report to the bridge. She says like three times, and finally, yeah, finally, she she was an important part of the ship. You know, I mean, so totally. I mean, she really was. Uh, which yeah. again goes to your point of at the time, pretty a pretty amazing. Uh, amazing thing that here we have this woman of color who is an officer and a super important part of the enterprise. And we see throughout the the life of Star Trek, how that just grows. And then uh, we go back to the bridge and uh, Kirk is eating a plate of uh, what I called space food. Uh, (laughs) food. uh, When, when we were kids, I don't know if you remember this, but there was like the Gemini spaceships. I'm sure you remember that. And Apollo but they were talking about what they ate in space because you know, these missions kept getting longer and longer. And we used to buy this stuff that looked like toothpaste that you could squeeze out. And it was supposed to be full of vitamins and nutrients that, you know, and it was, of course, it was, I'm sure it was 99% sugar. I'm sure it was. Uh, <laughs> so because it was, it was aimed at kids. And, right. uh, yeah. And so that was, uh, that was like a big thing back in the day. It was like something different, you know, they had Tang. They took Tang up into space, I guess, you know, um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but there was, uh, that was the big thing is they said they ate food out of a tube. And so that was the big thing. And I, I remember getting, uh, that when I got a pair of PF flyers, I got a, uh, a tube of space food free with that. Now, what's I, a, what was a PF flyer? PF flyers were tennis shoes. Oh, I and, didn't uh, remember those. The red ball on the, on the heel. Huh. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you were supposed to run faster, jump higher with PF flyers. How'd that work out for you? I was so fast and jumped so <laughs> high. I was being recruited by uh, NFL agents. Uh, and by the uh, Starfleet Academy, apparently. <laughs> you know, uh, Green, who's now, again, back to Nancy Crater, she's wandering the halls and she happens to see McCoy's room. I mean, just happens on this huge freaking ship to walk yeah. past McCoy's room, right? Um, a trivia alert, McCoy's room number is 3F127. And then uh, they go in the room, and, and and so while McCoy and Nancy are having a conversation in, in his room, 
uh, with the door closed, by the way. Yes, the door um, was definitely closed. <laughs> and and the bed is right there. It's right, right there. there. I mean, so <laughs> he says something about, yeah, you know, she says, oh, you look so tired. She keeps touching his face. He says, uh, he goes, you're starting to sound like Jim telling me to take one of these red tablets. And uh, she's like, oh, you should. What happens next confuses me because she he takes them. She says, I'll get you some water. And uh, she goes off screen. The next thing you see is him on the bed falling asleep and she's sitting on the bed with him. She, I'm sure she had one foot on the floor. I think that was still a rule back then. <laughs> I think you're right. Said, uh, you know, you just rest, you just rest. And he's falling asleep. But she has several chances to kill him, you know, and, and suck the salt out of him. But she decides to go to other places on the ship and find other people's salt. Yeah, you're right. That was weird. That's right. That so was... he, ch- she changes into McCoy. Yeah. And then she goes out as McCoy and thinks that, you know, he's sleeping and that she'll be uh, able to get away with being him for a while. You know, and I think it was right in that time that um, Sulu and, and uh, Yeoman Rand go out into the hall and they see Green. No, that's a different guy. Who was that's that? a different because it's actually one of the crewmen that's wearing radiation mask on right. and stuff. And he had like this kind of heavy... Uh, vest and so some kind of engineer type guy uh but that's the one that they find in the hallway so there's actually another guy that gets killed in this show yeah so are so we up to four we're up to four now so the yeah. the uh show telly is four the running telly since it's the first episode is also four but when sulu reaches down to touch him and the guy blinks <laughs> i remember watching that several times and thinking why the hell didn't they just refilm that thing yeah or why why did sulu have to touch his face yeah why, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> be touching that that icky ringworm pimply stuff happening yeah, <laughs> right so maybe we should get to like the since we're running up on the end of our uh, time here maybe we should talk about like the ethical dilemma that this show poses this is one thing I think Star Trek does really well, maybe not in every single episode, but in many, is there is some ethical dilemma that the crew needs to to deal with, not just worrying about, are they going to survive? Is there an attack? You know, that type of thing. But what is the moral issue that they have to face? Yeah, this salt sucker is the last of its kind. You know, with uh, future shows, I think like The Next Generation, Discovery, Voyager and such, I think they always, you know, if it was the last of its kind, they would have made such a huge effort to save it somehow. And Kirk is just wants blood in this. Well, and, and so does uh, Spock, interestingly, right? I mean, Spock yeah. is... <laughs> so they they end up in McCoy's cabin and the, the salt sucker is going to suck on Kirk and get all his uh, salt out of him. It seems like the, there might be some hypnosis thing that the, yeah. the, the creature can do. I, I didn't realize that until I watched it again, that uh, the creature puts its hands up and Kirk kind of froze. Oh, yeah, totally uh, freezes. It's actually yeah. kind of funny if you watch it because they cut away from him and they cut back to him and he's frozen, but in a slightly different stance, <laughs> which I kind of found funny. Got to be and more comfortable when you're freezing. You have to be totally comfortable. Otherwise, it just yeah. doesn't work. And um, Spock comes in and he tells McCoy, shoot it. I can't shoot Nancy. Shoot it. It's not Nancy. And could Nancy stand this? And Spock is like beating the crap out of her. And <laughs> Nancy throws Spock across the room. And um, then finally, McCoy decides to pull the trigger, doesn't he? Yeah, well... Uh... The salt sucker Nancy has her hands on Kirk and he's screaming and uh, she he finally shoots her and she, and she's this creature this like hairy kind of weird looking creature remind me a little bit of the Morlocks from the original time yeah. machine movie yeah 
Um, and did you notice also it, she had this like um, macrame kind of skirt type of thing or something? Yeah, it was yeah. a bizarre thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's ancient civilization. They had, you know, <laughs> right. had their fashions. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, she turns back into Nancy and she says, Leonard, please. She starts towards him and McCoy says, uh, Lord, please forgive me and shoots her again kills her and uh, one of the things i was thinking is i don't think there's another episode where mccoy kills anything well let's talk about just some maybe star trek tidbits one was that the show debuted in the united states on september 8th in 1966 but it was shown two days earlier on canadian tv another show that debuted the same night september 8th was that girl with marlo thomas Another little tidbit, uh, Scotty is not seen in this episode. But he's heard. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering what the thinking was there about putting Scotty's voice in. We never see him in the show. I don't even know if he's credited. You know, again, this was the six-episode film, and I believe, you know, Scotty's in other episodes there. That's true. Like he's in he's in the original pilot that they filmed. I, I think it was just one of those things where they used his voice. I wonder if he was like, look, you need to put my voice in there because I need to get paid, guys. And so... Yeah. I think he is in the credit listed, you know... Uh, people whether they showed up in that episode or not but there was no checkoff at that time i don't think checkoff came on until the second season okay so uh recapping this was uh the man trap first episode broadcast uh but not the first episode shot for our dead crewman count once again we've got four dead and uh the running total for the series is four no, uh, Crater also dies. Well, Crewman. Uh, Dr. I was just talking okay. Crewman. I mean, if we yeah. wanted to keep track of everyone who died, that's like another <laughs> thing. I mean, we could certainly do that. Well, then it, then you'd also have to say that Nancy died plus the creature died. So there would actually be three more that had died, right? <laughs> well, Nancy actually died, we think, a year or maybe two before. Right, but they mention so, it. I mean, so, yeah. so that's okay. when it gets to be a whole tangled mess. I think we should just stick with Crewman from the, from the Enterprise. Yeah, I'm good with that. I thought you were saying the uh, number of dead in the show. So. I mean, we might want to keep track anyway, just so we kind of have our own, our own running tally, a complete <laughs> death count from Star Trek. All right, great. Well, Dana, hey, inaugural episode. I'm sure they'll get nothing but better. <laughs> Although I had a blast. Yeah, this has been fun. Uh, it's uh, We took so many notes on this, I think, uh, trying to cover everything. And so I probably a little bit more information than what some people were looking for. You know, not exactly a blow-by-blow description of every scene. Um, but it's, uh, it's fascinating to think about how this show started and what effect it had uh, for generations to come. And uh, we're going to take you through all the episodes and uh, try to have some fun with it, obviously. Point out some things that uh, shocked us or surprised us. See how you guys respond. Yeah, but once again, please contact us at dammitjimpodcast at gmail.com. Dammit is spelled D-A-M-N-I-T, podcast at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions, things maybe that you saw on the show. So it'd be great if you followed along. If you want to say, hey, we'd like to support you monetarily, that's great too. We'll figure out that. We'll find a way to do that. If you say we'll pay you to stop, hey, depending on how much you're willing to pay, we might be willing to stop. We're not proud. It's a, it's a... We are not proud. So great. Well, Dana, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this tonight. Yeah, thanks for uh, helping put this together. Uh, look forward to next week when we discuss... Charlie X. Interesting show. That'll be so, great. All right. See you next week, Dana. All right. Have a good one. Thanks again. 
Thanks for listening to Damn It, Jim, the Star Trek original series podcast. Each week, we watch and talk about Star Trek, the original series, in the order they were originally broadcast. Next week, it's Season 1, Episode 2, Charlie X. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or suggestions, please email us at dammitjimpodcast at gmail.com. For Dana and Dan, have a great week, and remember to live long and prosper. <laughs>